what is up everybody thank you all for joining me in the latest mortcast part of the csg and mhs network i am of course your host jeff morton uh, i'm wondering how you guys are reacting to all these uh, podcasts i've been doing um my life has been quite chaotic um in april i've had a lot of stuff going on uh, with my family so i haven't been able to do the other things um, and I figured I'd sneak in a podcast whenever I had the time, and I did not anticipate to be doing as many as I have. I think I've done eight, uh, eight or nine this month, uh, and a bunch in a really short window of time here. So, um, this is, was never my intention, but it's worked out that way. So I hope you've enjoyed the increased amount of podcasts during the playoffs here. Uh, I've sort of enjoyed it, um. I'm oh, my voice uh, definitely is getting a workout that it hasn't got in quite some time. So uh, anyway, I appreciate you all listening to this. Uh, this is the preview episode of the Nuggets versus Suns series that will begin in Denver on Saturday. Um, I'm recording this one the day before. I'm not going to get in depth. There are other podcasts that you can listen to that will get you give you deep dives. Go to Locked On Nuggets. Go to Pickaxe and Roll. Um, and there's a, a, a even the, uh, Zach Bai's podcast, the Mile High Hoops podcast, that does a much better job than I do. On you, you don't come to this my podcast for anything but historical breakdowns and um, me giving my opinion about what's going on. And this is going to be mostly what it's going to be my my opinion about uh, this series and the way I view it. Uh, I was discussing, and uh, if he's listening to this, I was discussing with my friend Tim Miller uh, uh, about this particular series, and I, I expressed my confidence in it, and I think he's he may not be as confident as I am uh, about the Nuggets prospects in this series. I don't, I, I think, I think we have PTSD from the, the 2021 series, um, where the it, the Nuggets were forced to play Faku Campasso a lot of minutes, and Will Barton was, by that point, indefinitely on the downhill slide, and Michael Michael Porter Jr. was uh, very injured. Now, we didn't know, but we felt it because the Nuggets' trajectory really changed in the second half of Game 1 in that series, and it was in that second half where Mike injured his back, and then that manifested itself again, um, last year, nine games in, where he let, missed the rest of the year and had to have another back procedure done. So obviously, this Nuggets team that will be facing the uh, Phoenix Suns, fully healthy, um, in a it, it, this team is is it's a different team. So is the Phoenix Suns. Um, they have the behemoth known as Kevin Durant on this team. And um, I don't know if ne we can necessarily glean anything from the series that uh, the Suns played against the, the Clippers. Uh, this Suns team hasn't played a ton of games together, and they're trying to gel as the playoffs go on. And that leaves a lot of issues with trying to get a good scouting report on what the, the Suns uh, are able to do. But I will say this, and, and this is something that people say this about the playoffs. 
that depth doesn't matter as much in the playoffs because the starters play more minutes. And this is definitely true. I mean, you've seen that with the Nuggets. I mean, Jokic and Murray and Porter have played a ton more minutes than they did in the regular season. This is 100% fact. It happens this way, and um, it's just a fact of life in the NBA, and you hope that this war of attrition benefits you, you know. Um, and the and the Suns were once again beneficiaries of an injured star in the playoffs and playing the Clippers again. They were missing uh, uh, Paul George to start it, and then the Kawhi got injured after game, well, during game one, and uh, we'd only learned that later on in the series, but he, they played the first two games. The Clippers could have easily won those first two games, and then that series, even with that, probably would have gone to the Suns because Kawhi was out after that, but, you know, it probably would have gone, it would definitely would have gone longer, and you know, the, 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 the issues that we're talking about now would be not considerably, but a little different than they are. Going back to the Suns, um, they've had to play Durant, Booker, and somewhat less Chris Paul, um, a lot, but specifically Durant and Booker. And the, they, one of the reasons they had to do that is because in the trade to acquire Kevin Durant, they gave up a ton of what their depth was and very specifically and I'm going to talk about this one one aspect here that really kind of I think in my view tips the tip scales towards the Denver Nuggets I think all of us in 2021 had underestimated the contribution of Mikhail Bridges and uh and his very, as, as it turns out, after that run, got they, this, the Suns managed to get him on a very f- team-friendly contract, uh, as it turns out, because what he did in, in uh, Brooklyn when he was traded was an example of what he can do. But uh, he was known as a defensive player, and his versatility by itself, even with the Nuggets missing Jamal Murray and Mike being injured in that series, his versatility in that series was really along with Chris Paul being able to exploit the drop coverage that the Nuggets were doing against the the Suns, um, were the factors in them sweeping the Nuggets. And it was something that, uh, in the second round, and, and then that was something that obviously is slightly different with a, with a Chris Paul who is not as agile or um, spry, which as he used to be, and a, uh, a Suns team that is missing Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson from that very series, and Jay Crowder. There was a, there's just there's a lot of elements that they are missing. They aren't the same team as far as that depth goes. And while I insist that depth doesn't necessarily matter in the playoffs, one of the things that we're talking about here is that what the Suns were able to do uh, in that playoff run in 2021 was their versatility specifically because of Mikhail Bridges and to a lesser extent, Cam Johnson and a much lesser extent than that. And Jay Crowder, what they were able to do is be great. And I do mean excellent perimeter defenders. Well, what they have exchanged that for is, uh, the tremendous, uh, legendary, uh, scoring prowess of, Kevin Durant. And I think that part, you give and take. 
And it's going to present a different challenge for the Denver Nuggets. It's not the same uh, as it was when they played them in 2021. This is not the same team. In fact, it's not even the same as the one they played um, when they were fully healthy back in December. Um, obviously that, that Mikhail Bridges was still there. Camp Johnson was still there. Um, and it was just, it was a different scenario. The, 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 uh, the Suns were, and then even then Booker, I believe in that Christmas game is the one, the one Booker got injured in. Um, so it was, it, it was certainly not the same. There's not a lot. I mean, but the point I'm making is there's not a lot you can get from these past in my matchups because these teams are completely different. Uh, the only thing that I can say with any certainty is that I think both teams will have, will struggle stopping each other. Um, each team has a, has advantages that the other team cannot adequately defend. Um, I think it, it, there's proof that Jokic has basically figured out DeAndre Ayton. Um, if the past, if the two matchups they had uh, earlier in the season before the Nuggets rested their starters in both games, um, when after the Durant trade, um, if those are anything to uh, go by, um, and specifically with the numbers that uh, Jokic put up in that Christmas game, it's just, you know, it's not the same. But at this, in the flip side, you got Durant, you got Kevin Durant and a leveled up Devin Brooker on the other side. And there are just I don't see and I've been looking at this really intently for like the last day or so and I'm not seeing how each team stops each other and I think a lot of the coverage that you have seen which is the national media is reluctantly talking about the Denver Nuggets now they kind of focus on the fact that that they don't think the Nuggets can stop the the Suns but they never think about the Suns being completely unable to to stop the Nuggets this will be a very 1980s style war of attrition um, if anyone remembers, well, I, I don't even remember. And I was, I think seven, eight years old, seven years old when that series went on, um, the 1985 Western conference finals against the Lakers. Um, these, then those teams are putting up 150 points, um, 120, 130, right. It, it, it was just neither team could really stop each other. It just happens that the Lakers had more talent and Kareem broke Alex English's hand. So, um, you, you, I can see this happening in this because you can see it a little bit in the Clippers series because they, they, the, the Suns struggled to stop the Clippers. Uh, I'm going to come back to this. I, I hesitate to draw an analogy between the two because they com- present completely different things. Uh, Ivica Zubats is not a crux kind of player. He's not like what Jokic is. Um, he is a space eater and a rebound getter and a roll, a roller to the rim. Uh, Jokic is d- different, a lot different than that. It, it presents completely different set of circumstances for the Suns to look at. At the same time, the Suns, uh, will have Booker and, uh, Durant as super wings. And one thing's the thing the Nuggets have struggled with is wings because the Nuggets don't have a ton of wing depth. And this has been their issue. And you go back to the other side, the, the, the Suns trying to stop Jokic and then trying to pick their poison with Jamal Murray and or Michael Porter Jr. is this could be a big series for, for Aaron Gordon. Who's going to who's going to check Aaron Gordon? Gordon doesn't have to uh, guard um, uh, a, a big anymore. He doesn't have to guard a center. 
you know, so that's going to help him out. Was it, is it going to be Josh Akogi? Akogi? Is it going to be uh, Kevin Durant that he's on? Or in the ver- and vice versa, is Durant going to be guarding Aaron Gordon down low? I, I, I doubt that happens. There, it's just, there, if you look at this series, it's weird because the matchups don't, these both teams have, have great on offense in completely different ways than the other one. Um, and it's going to be hard for each team to stop that. So my default, and I'm going to give you my prediction now because the second half of this podcast uh, is going to be about transparency and a little bit of the the announcement by which goes into the series, the announcement by Matt Ishbia about him putting the Suns over the air. But my prediction on the series is simply this. The Denver Nuggets have home court advantage. And when all things are equal, you pick the team that has the is the higher seed and has the home court advantage and is a good home team. This the Nuggets are are really good at home, and you saw you saw that play out in the first round. And I think that this will prevail in this round. When all when all things are equal, you go with the team that has home court advantage, even though this teams these teams are going to be lighting up the scoreboard. Um. I I am relatively certain that the mile high altitude is going to limit the uh, ability for the uh, Suns to outscore the Denver Nuggets, and uh, I'm pick I'm going to do Nuggets in six in this one, and you know fingers crossed that I'm right, but at the same time it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Suns win. I mean it wouldn't surprise anyone at that because because people are predicting the Suns go to, to go to the finals. So um, obviously that is the that is the prevailing notion here. I just think that these teams are so even as far as inability to stop and prowess on offense that you just can't, uh, it's just, it's one of those series that you're like, you take the team with the home court advantage. And that's exactly what I'm doing here. It's not a tactical thing. It's just a matter of, pra- uh, of practicality and pragmatism. And that's, that's where we find ourselves right now with this series. So um, from Jeff Morton, Nuggets in six. And uh, on the other side of the break, I'm going to be talking to you about the recently announced over-the-air TV deal that Matt Ishbia, the owner of the Suns, announced. And uh, it's interesting and very pointed timing and on the eve of this series with the Denver Nuggets. We'll be right back. Today, the uh, the owner of the Suns, managed Bia, the brand new owner, announced that the the Suns games because of they were on Bally Sports before, which I believe had taken over. I think was it Fox or something like that. They had taken I, don't, I forget which one. Anyway, Bally Sports bankruptcy um, kind of caused a lot of teams, including the Pelicans and many of the of the teams that are on that network to try to think of other things. And um, Ishbia has decided to put Suns games over the air. And by over the air, I mean basically on base, not, not, not even basic cable. You're talking about the, like here in Denver, it would be Channel 2, Channel 4, Channel 7, Channel 9, Channel 6, Channel 31, and Channel 12, um, and Channel 20. All those are, are over the air. Um, those are ones that if you have like one of those antenna hookups, you can get without paying for cable. Um, I can't believe I'm having to explain that. Um, this tells you how much TV has changed in, uh, the 30 something years I've been watching, uh, the Denver Nuggets. Now, the interesting thing about this is this was, this seemed to be 
this was at least to me um interestingly timed by announcement by Ishbia. I think very clearly this was to stick it in the eye of Stan Kroenke, who obviously, as we all know here in Denver, has been going through a carriage dispute with Comcast for four years. And um, about 80%, I think it was around 75, 80% of the the Denver Nuggets uh, audience in in the area, the metro area, is not able to watch the team. And this part has been the, has been obviously a source, source of great consternation here in, in Denver. Um, I will, I will tell people right now, people have been talking, well, why can't Stan do this? Um, I don't know, but there, I'm, I am relatively certain that you can't license out coverage of your sports team. Um, without and then he couldn't do that without basically folding altitude um, and costing many people their jobs. He's in a very delicate situation here. The nug- it's not that quote unquote simple. Um, and obviously there are I can't go in I, I, I don't even know and it's uh, as Josh Dover would say it's above my pay grade to speculate on the, the machinations of this but it is a difficult needle to thread because the nuggets are already on an and are an RSN and getting their their um, uh, games aired by altitude it's not as simple as just saying you can do this right here um, you can do that for select things but there's rights deals there's there's all this stuff that you can't easily thread. Now, obviously altitude is not no longer airing the games for the rest of the season. It's now national. So you're not going to have to be worrying about seeing the nuggets, you know, because it's going to be aired nationally on every single one of the games through the rest of the playoffs. So for the next season, obviously that would be a different set of set of circumstances, but the, 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 he also has an existing, contract with uh, DirecTV and other carriage uh, outlets so it is it's not it's not as simple as just deciding it the the uh, the sons with Bally's that is that is a very that is a one thing and they were just licensed the rights were licensed out to them they can do what they want with those um, and since Bally's is going bankrupt obviously this is a situation where he can easily make a deal like this and lose money on it, which is what he admitted will be happening. He can more easily do that than Stan Kroenke. Kroenke owns a network. It is, is it, you just can't, it's apples and oranges folks. You just, you just, you just can't do easily what you think here. It's not, not, it's not like that. Um, and I think we, the more the the I guess the point I'm making here though is the timing of this by Ishbia seems to be directed directly at Stan Kroenke. I mean, obviously, this is something that uh, you know the timing of which could not be more uh, obvious to me that this was directed at the guy who can't get to uh, the his own city to see his team, and obviously it adds to the competitive aspect of this. And um, if I'm going to fault altitude for anything, well, there's two things. One, um, the original sin was the previous negotiator negotiating all these 
TV uh, carriage, uh, various things like DirecTV, uh, Dish, and uh, Comcast to expire at the same time. They lost all their leverage right then and left them adrift. They took a bad deal with uh, DirecTV just to get on the air there for about 20 to 30 percent of the of the Denver Metro. Um, I don't. I believe they're still not aired on Dish. So there is going. There is a. They're they're they don't. Their leverage point was gone. The second thing is, there's a reason that Stan Kroenke was given the name Silent Stan by um, Dave Krieger back in 2001, and that was when the Avs won their first cup. Uh, the Kroenke bought the Nuggets and the Avs in 2000, July of 2000, and the Pepsi Center, uh, as it was known then, and um, rarely gave any interviews and um, rarely spoke. Uh, and I think I think that is appropriate to this point here because since Stan has retaken control of the Denver Nuggets and Avalanche, uh, I think as of a couple years ago. Um, he still hasn't said anything. And all we've got is kind of terse and kind of defensive, no offense to Josh Kroenke, um, post-game, post-season uh, things, uh, conferences where, especially in the, in the, uh, the post-Tim Connolly departure uh, press conference he gave last summer, there have been, um, there's been little communication about what, there has been communication based in corporate speak and people can sniff corporate speak from a mile away. And I think the lack of genuineness and forcing the employees to take the bullet for him is where I am, uh, will fault Stan Kroenke. I do have sympathy for his business problem that he's having here with uh with comcast i can 100 have sympathy for it uh it's it's comcast is doing this all over the country he's it's happening in new york it's happening in philadelphia it's happening it's, it's happening all over uh, rsns are dying i have sympathy for what the nuggets are going through uh and the avalanche um stan's insistence on sending people out there to do corporate speak or having um, not maybe not like not telling them to do so but these these employees these poor employees are having to defend something that probably they don't know the full uh, array of things that are going on up, up above with negotiations or lack of negotiations or anything like that and they're taking the bullets and the person who needs to take bullets and needs to get out in front of this is Stan. And Stan won't do it. And that creates a worse problem for KSE. And I think if Stan was able to go and level with people and tell exact people exactly what's going on, not Josh, Stan, if he was willing to do that, then things would probably, I wouldn't say improve, but people would appreciate that level of direct accountability towards him. They can, no one can do this with Comcast. So they're left with little news bites like this, which foment resentment towards, towards Stan Kroenke. 
And a lot of that is because Stan won't talk. And this has been something that has been consistent in the 23 years that almost 23 years that Stan has owned both teams is that he just won't communicate and his lack of communication with people makes it seem like he's separate from the problem and Stan needs to get out there and be part of it. Like I said, I, I, I have sympathy for his business issue here. It's happening all over the country and there's no easy solution to this. And, and part of this is the NBA has never negotiated a, a, a local rights deal that includes all of its satellite teams. It's always, you have a national TV package and then you supplement that with RSNs. It's the same thing with the NHL and it's the same thing with uh, MLB. But as basically what is the number two sport in the country um, with the NBA, you would think they would have the power to negotiate something that is more inclusive of all the teams to make, to give yourself to where everyone is separating or not separating, but getting and biting from the same pie. Um, and they don't do that. So it's left, left to these RSN deals and it's a faulty model, it's a terrible model. And obviously as we've seen, it's, it's getting worse. But it was very clear that Ishbia timed this at the eve of the Nuggets playing the Suns as a direct slap at Stan Kroenke to foment um, some angst in the Denver area about him not doing this. As I explained before, it's not as simple as Stan Kroenke doing this. It's a completely different thing. Bally Sports is going bankrupt. They are at a loose end. It's easier for the Suns to do this sort of thing than Stan, who owns his own RSN. Okay. It's just, you know, when with rights deals, it's just not, you can't do that. But it doesn't make it seem any better because Stan doesn't get out there and talk to people. And I think that. Um, one of Stan's biggest issues has always been a seeming lack of accountability directly to him. He is the shadowy figure who refuses to talk. And, and quite frankly, that's not fair. It's not fair to Josh, who's had to do all this stuff. Um, you need Stan out there answering for this. And until he does... I mean, it's still going to be drips and drabs like this because it's been four years since these teams have been on the air um, to a lot of the Denver public. You know, there are great people who work at Altitude who are getting a bunch of shit and they, they, don't, they don't deserve this. You know, people, you do not need to attack the people who work there. They're just defending their jobs, their, their livelihoods. Okay? The person you need to be upset with the people you need to be upset with are, well, a little bit, of, I mean, basically Comcast and Stan. Direct your ire at them. Don't direct it at the people who are just looking out for their own jobs. Just don't do that. They don't deserve that. All right, folks, thank you all for joining me on the latest Morecast. I'll be back after game one with another episode. Goodbye.